Father, we just thank you, Lord. We praise you. Father, for your goodness in our lives. We just want to thank you, Father. You're an awesome God. This morning, Father, even as we now meditate upon your word, speak to our hearts. We need you. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you to speak to us. We need you to, Father, open our minds and our understanding. We need you, Lord, to anoint us, to grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we will know you. That, Lord, that we will follow hard after you. Just not only know, know you, but follow you hard. And Lord, that we will love you with all of our heart. And accomplish, O oh Lord, the purpose for which you have brought us out of darkness into your life, into your light. And therefore, never, never allow us to forget, O oh Lord, the reason why you purchased us. That we've been redeemed, not with perishable things, like gold and silver, but by the imperishable, the precious blood of lamb, of the Lamb, a Lamb without spot and without blemish. And therefore I pray this morning, Father, that Lord, that you would once again sanctify us, sanctify us and set us apart a little more, that you will challenge us, O Lord, to go and search the scriptures for ourselves. We'll just not be hearers, we'll just be satisfied by hearing the voice of man, But Lord, that we will be encouraged and exhorted to go to your word and to start becoming students of the word of God, understand things for our own selves and walk with you, O Lord. To that end, I pray this morning that you would bless even the hearing, the speaking and anoint us all, the speaking of the word and as well as the hearing of the word here, O Lord, and all around the world. We thank you, Father, for this time. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First word that I want us to look this morning is found in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 13 and times, 13 and verse 52. 13 verse 52. Let's read that and then um, we'll jump from there. It says, then he said, therefore every scribe who's been disciplined or instructed or who's become a disciple concerning the kingdom of heaven, is like a householder who brings out of his treasure both new things <laughs> and old things. I love that word. What an amazing uh, promise. He said, he said, this is after, of course, uh, expounding the parable of uh, the sower, the parable of the wheat and the tares, the parable of the leaven, the parable of uh, the dragnet and so many things that that uh, that Jesus speaks to his disciples about the kingdom of God, the parables of the kingdom of God. And finally, uh, he signs off with this fantastic verse, which is a promise and a challenge to all of us who are here and all of us who are listening online. It says, every scribe, you know, first of all, we all have to be scribes. A scribe is the one who um, who goes to class. Okay, like Ezra was a perfect scribe. 
If you turn with me to Ezra chapter 7, verse 10 onwards, actually verse 8 onwards. <clears throat> it says, And Ezra came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. Ezra was a scribe. On the first day of the month, he began his journey from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon his life. And then, verse 10, for Ezra, the scribe, prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, and then to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. This is what Ezra the scribe was. He sought, he prepared his heart. And I believe, I hope all of us here are, are encouraged and challenged to prepare our hearts. Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 3 once again. Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 3 onwards. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Alright? Circumcise for yourselves your heart. Prepare your heart. Don't sow the seed. Let the seed not fall on on ground which is hard, shallow, or even among thorns where the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things is choking the word of God. But prepare for yourselves. Let your heart be set apart. Set apart, prepared, not only just to teach others, to do the word of God first. That's what a scribe does. A scribe is a one who's preparing his heart. And therefore, I want to, I want to ask all of us this morning, are we prepared? Prepared to seek. Preparing, prepared in our heart to seek the word of God. And let's, let's go back to Matthew chapter 13 verse 52. It says, everyone who's, everyone who's a scribe, therefore everyone, every scribe, what is he first? He has to become instructed. He has to become a disciple. There are some, several scribes who take notes. They are forever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of truth. They are what we call, that's what I call laughing Buddhas. They become fat, fattened calves. They like become gesturing. They are fattened in, with spiritual knowledge, but they are not become, they haven't, haven't become disciples. Okay, so every scribe has to become a disciple of the kingdom, right? Okay. And then what does he do? Every scribe who's been, who's become a disciple of the kingdom is like a steward, finally. Okay, there are scribes, there are disciples, and there are stewards. Stewards are people who are faithful. And what does a steward do? He, he exactly knows what things of old and what things of the new have to be brought out. And this, this, this morning I'll bring out something which I have learned. In fact, I believe this is one of the first uh, studies that I actually shared when I came to, when I was called to preach from the pulpit. One of the first, not the first, but one of the first uh, teachings that I taught when I was called to share from the pulpit. So, I'm bringing back things which I learned so many years. It's been there deposited in my heart. And this morning I want to share from that. Uh, turn to First Corinthians chapter 10, therefore. This morning. And verse uh, 1 onwards, yes. It says, <clears throat> and moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware uh, that all, uh, I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, 
all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock that followed them was Christ. But, last word, uh, which one was see? But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And we know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that is the whole idea of teaching the word of God is that uh, we faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and that we increase in our faith, that we will be ready for the challenges ahead. Faith in the person of Jesus Christ, we will know him in more uh, deeper, in, in a deeper way, in a more complete sense. Not just knowing a little bit of who God is in terms of his character, but have a, a more thorough understanding of who he, who he is and therefore we can approach him with that kind of a knowledge of who he is. Jude one five. there's only one chapter in the book of Jude. Jude 5, it says, But I want to remind you, though you once know this, you all know this, but we are doing reminder classes, okay? Not remedial classes, reminder classes, okay? For some of you, it is remedial classes also, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but it's a reminder class. But I want to remind you once, though you already knew, know, know this once, that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. Therefore, he was not pleased with most of them and... Uh, they were also, he also destroyed, because he was not pleased with them, he also destroyed them because they did not believe, they didn't have faith. And it is without faith, it is impossible to please God. Therefore, you know, God is saying these are all examples. Okay. So these were all right examples or bad examples. They were bad examples. Okay. So he says, don't follow the bad examples. With most of them, God was not well pleased. That means with a few of them at least, he was well pleased. And who are those few? At least only three, Moses, Joshua and Caleb. So today, this morning, we'll look at, we'll look at these three people in the Bible who had a fantastic attitude and who became overcomers. They did believe. And therefore, they became overcomers. So they had faith. Okay. So in the Bible, you have negative examples of people who did not believe. And positive examples of people who did believe. Okay. It's very important for us to understand. Negative examples of people who do not believe. All the negative examples of people who had unbelief. And yesterday, like we heard in the morning, unbelief is a terrible sin. Okay. You do not believe. What does it say? Of righteous, I will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they did not Believe in me. That is the reason why. Why is the world convicted of sin? Not because they are doing horrible things. The world is convicted of sin because they do not believe in me. Unbelief is the root cause for all sin. Pride and unbelief. Huge sins. And both are spiritual sins. And therefore we have to be cleansed of every filthiness of the spirit and of the flesh. I believe so. Unbelief is one thing. You don't believe. 
in the finished work of cross of Jesus on the cross. Therefore, there's a there's the negative examples of people who do not believe, and there are positive examples of people who believed or people who had faith. Okay, turn now to ESV. You know, yesterday we looked at that verse, Hebrews chapter eleven, verse one and two. It says, "Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the and the conviction." Of the things not seen. And we know that. Yesterday we heard that. It says, faith has strong what? Convictions. And because faith has strong convictions, they have an assurance of the things hoped for. And of the things, uh, the conviction of things what? What things? Things not seen. And Romans will say, who hopes for things he sees? And if we hope for things we do not see, it says, we wait for it with Patience. Hope is always associated with things that you do not see. And therefore, faith has convictions. Convictions because we have assurance of hope. Okay, conviction of things not seen. Uh, For this, for by it, the people of the Old Testament received their commendation. They were commended because of their strong convictions. And the question therefore is, do we have strong convictions? Okay, don't turn back to NKJV. <clears throat> turn with me to John's Gospel chapter 8 and verse 9. John's Gospel chapter 8 and verse 9. Look at this. And this is when uh, Jesus is uh, telling them, He who is without sin, cast the first stone. And look at what it says. John's Gospel chapter 8 verse 9. Then those who heard it being what? Convicted in their conscience. <laughs> you see, they had convictions. Their conscience had convictions. And they were convicted in their conscience. And that is the reason why it says conscience either excuses you or accuses you. And they were accused by the conscience. Conscience because their conscience had strong convictions. And today this morning, what convictions do we have? Do we have convictions? Is a question. Look at one, one of the one guy who had strong convictions. Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 6. Strong convictions he had. This is of course, Uriah the Hittite, this is after David commits adultery with Bathsheba. And now he wants to eliminate his, uh, he wants to deceive his uh, his close friend. And then David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab uh, sent Uriah to David. Next verse. And when Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war prospered. And then he says, and David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house and a gift of food from the king followed him. Okay. Now the thing is that this is what, this is what we call bribing. Okay. This is how David wanted to bribe Uriah and deceive him into going to house. He left his house, but look at what it says. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of the Lord. Of his, of his Lord, and did not go down to his house, and then, so when David, uh, so when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to, told, uh, said to Uriah, did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said, the ark of Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents, and my Lord and Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house and eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live, now look at this, eating and drinking is not a bad thing. 
Lying with my wife is not a bad thing. But at this moment, I cannot go there. He had strong convictions. He had a sense of duty. That's the reason why it says in the gospel according to Luke, when you did all these things, do you are, are you looking for commendation from your master? No, no, no. You should say we are unprofitable servants. We did what we were what? Supposed to do. We have convictions, strong convictions. We cannot be bought. We cannot be bought. Nothing can change our convictions. Question, do we have strong convictions? Like Uriah. Ark of the Lord is there in the tent and Judah and Jerusalem and and people are fighting. Should we? Turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 1, 2 and 3. Hebrews chapter 13. Let brotherly love continue. Look at verse 2. Do not forget to entertain strangers for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. And verse 3, remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. This is the conviction that he had. People are fighting the war. They are in the front, in, in the front line of the battlefield. I may not be going through the kind of persecutions that they are going through, but I am joined with them. I have convictions. I am not separate from them. I cannot indulge in the flesh. I cannot go and enjoy myself. I cannot think about eating and drinking and enjoying my life. No. I cannot just think about my family. There is a war going on. There is a war for people's souls which is going on. And how can I just go go home and sleep? A conviction. See, it's very important for us all. And maybe that is the reason why we need to take up a fast. Not because we can't eat. There's so many people in the front line of the battlefield who are fasting and praying and they're absolutely in the line of attack. There. And because of them, so many things are restrained in our lives. The reason why so many things have happened in our lives where we we enjoy protection and restraint from the wrath of God and the wrath of devil is because there are some people there right out there interceding for us. That's exactly what happens to Amos. Amos uh, Amos sees this incredible law for play coming, right? And he sees locusts coming and locusts are coming and they're about to devour Israel. Now this is not, this hasn't happened yet. And Amos looks at Israel, uh, the, the locusts coming and he tells, pleads with God and he says, Lord, why are you sending this judgment, Lord? The is people of Israel are not prepared. You know what God says? Okay, fine. Let the locusts not come. There was one man, Amos, who could stand between the gap and intercede for this people. And did, did Israel have any clue as to what was going on in the front line? No. Absolutely no clue. Amos was the only person who could see the judgments of God and Israel was absolutely asleep. Judah and Israel were absolutely asleep. That is the reason why this is the iniquity of your sister. What? Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness and they did not prepare the the hand of the needy. You see, we need these convictions. There are so many people who are spiritually going into outer darkness. So many believers in the body of Christ who who do not have the strength Weak people who don't who don't have the spiritual strength. And what do we do? We fight and say, Lord, I'm available here. I have strong convictions. 
I'm not going to let down my guard. I'm going to fast and pray and seek your word. I'm going to seek you in the word. I'm going to seek you in, seek you in prayer. I'm going to seek you listening to the messages. I'm going to seek you. Lord, show me anointed godly men who will strengthen me so that I can be a part in this battle. Turn with me to, uh, to Genesis, please. Genesis chapter 13. Sorry, uh, Chapter 14. And verse 12 onwards. 14. Genesis chapter 14, verse 12 onwards. They also took Lot, Abraham's brother, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshkol, the brother of Aner, and they were allies with Abraham. And then, now when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed 318 trained servants who were born in his own house. You see that? Every scribe has to be instructed in the kingdom of heaven, and he has to become a steward who will fight the battles. Who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Boy, what an amazing, Do we? this is what he's talking about. He's saying 318 trained people in his own house. They were men, 318 trained servants. They were men, they were spiritually men, they were not women. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be what? Mature or other translations, KJV will use the word men, be men. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 onwards, actually uh, 11 onwards, 11, 11, 12 onwards. And he gave them, uh, gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the... Think over what I say. And the Lord will give you understanding in everything or all things. All things it says in, 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 in KJV. It says all things, yeah, in all things. Think over. That is what is we, what we call as being there. Think. What is this, Lord? What is this? What is this? Constrain God into your life. Constrain Him. And then the Lord will open up your mind to the scriptures. That is the point where you be there until your flesh has been broken to get revelation. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Coming up, be there, and then I will give you. So who's allowed? Only Moses. Where is Joshua? Alongside him. Verse 13 now. So actually, 12, 12, 12, 12 verse. So it says, I will give you the tablets of stone, and the law and the commandments which I have written that what? You may teach. You see how the whole process is? First he says, come up, be there, I will give, and then, which I have written, don't add anything of yours there. Cursed is the man who adds or subtracts. Then you teach. Don't add, don't subtract, don't water down, don't mil- don't put water into the milk or put something adulterous into, into it as well. 
then what happens? Verse 13. So Moses arose, arose with his assistant Joshua. He didn't take along his assistant. He says he arose with his assistant and both of them went on top of the mountain. So this is what we call as being separated from the crowd. Moses went. His assistants also, assistant also was there. Now it may not be the fact, it may not be possible, of course he, it was not the case that uh, Joshua also went to the position where Moses reached, but he was not a part of the crowd, for sure. It was not a part of the crowd which was worshipping idols. It was not a part of the crowd which was eating and drinking. He was armed with a methodology of thinking, as first Peter, you don't have to turn, first Chapter 4, verse 3. Sufficient time you have spent in drunkenness and orgies, etc., etc. So that you will live the rest of the time, what? For the will of God. And not for flesh. So he was not a part of the crowd. What kind of a crowd? Worldly crowd. Fleshly crowd. Crowd which is only interested in pleasure. Crowd which when the moment of restraining influences goes off from their lives, the truth Nature comes out. As I said yesterday, no? The title of yesterday's message. Possible title. <laughs> huh? Restraining influence goes off. Vridhanari. <laughs> the moment the restraining, restraining influences have gone out, the real fellows have come out. So you, I'm not going to be a part of that crowd, said Joshua. I may not be with, at Moses' level, but I'm not going to be a part of that crowd. I will separate myself. Okay. So, let's go back to first, second Timothy chapter two and verse twenty-two. Now, this is what, in effect, spiritually, twenty-two onwards. Okay, uh, Timothy was doing. So flee. Youthful passions, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure. Now, what is this? What is happening over this? I'm going to separate myself from this worldly crowd, and I'm going to pursue righteousness. How many people are righteous in your camp? Only one fellow, but I will go after him. Okay, there could be so many people in the in the class. My my, you know the the, the constant uh, what do you say exhortation that your elders and your parents often give is when you go to the class, make friends with the topper. Am I right? Don't go and uh, sit uh, sit sit your uh, sit with us Bevers gang, sons of Belial, worthless fellows. In other words, okay. Last, don't sit in the last bench. Go to the first bench and sit there. It's all posture. These are all, these are all worldly things. Don't become friends with those people who are not interested in studies. Go to the topper who is very selfish. Okay. I mean, Chinese always like, are like that, no? I mean, I mean, <laughs> sorry, I should not say anything now. Edit this later on. Okay. <laughs> we are on camera. <laughs> We are on live live telecast. <laughs> Chinese, I start Chinese competition with Chinese students, no? When university. Oh my goodness, they were so hardworking. I was, I used to go sit with them and see what they are doing. Everybody used to get 100 in every assignment. And we Desi fellows are struggling here. And I said, how come these guys? They have a union. 
all old question papers, old assignments, old answer sheets, solution manual, everything is available with them. Muttam batikot konastar class ke. They buy hard the whole thing and come. And all the questions are there. They get 100% and we for this people are struggling. Unbelievable. And God says, no, I didn't say, you know, I, I didn't, I, God didn't say, I said, okay, fine, I'm going to do something and I'm going to get those assignments out. I said, made friends with them, talked to them, was kind to them and slowly took all their assignments. I also got 100 next exam. I have the paper. Nagil University, 100. 100 marks. Why? Simple. Associate yourself with people who are pursuing righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure. I want to be associated with people who are going somewhere spiritually. They are pursuing righteousness. They are pursuing faith. They are pursuing love. They are pursuing peace. They are calling upon the Lord. I will that men should raise up holy hands and pray all the times. What? Calling upon the Lord from a pure heart without any strife, without any violence. Let's go to the next. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know they breed quarrels. Wherever you see quarrels, arguments, controversies, run for your life. It's not worth it. Next. And the servant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. Next. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of truth. Ultimately, God has to grant us repentance, right? Correcting. And then the final verse, verse 26. And they may escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So this is what we do. Separate from those people. Separate from the crowd. So, a man who should be separate from the fleshly. He should not only separate from the fleshly, he should also separate from the nominal. Okay. So you'll have in the class, you'll have the topper, you'll have the average and you'll have the... And where do you, where do you fit? Average into Zal. We'll just find the average position. How are you doing? Somebody asked him. My hands are in water. My legs are in fire. On an average, I'm doing fine. It's not gonna, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not gonna work. Either you should be hot or cold, not average. So there will be a lot of people who are fleshly, a lot of people who are nominal. So it is easy to discern the fleshly, but not very easy to discern the nominal. Did you understand, Peter? <laughs> there will be nominal people. Okay, it's okay. Nominal people all around the world. All they have is a form of godliness. They don't have, they don't have power. They don't have authority. There's no conviction of sin. There's no power over sin. There's no power over the powers of darkness. Absolutely defeated in their personal lives. You know why? All because they are normal and God says about that church, you do not know that you are wretched, you are blind, you are naked. I advise you that you what? Buy from me. That means you need to pay a price. It's not gonna come easy. You think that you're, you'd have nothing, but you are nominal. You should not just separate from the fleshly. You should separate yourself from the nominal and be with people who are fired up for God and not for people who don't challenge you at all. 
How do I know this about Joshua? Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. I see, I like, I like the class example because people who are successful are successful. attitude He has an attitude. A topper has an attitude. Okay. Seven habits of highly successful people. Yes, there are attitudes of highly successful people in the world. Now, if they are doing it for a perishable crown, how much more for we for a what crown? Imperishable crown. You know, when you look at these attitudes, you'll say, Vijay, I'm useless, Vijay. You know what? Joshua was also a very fearful fellow. We'll come to that later on. That will be the final icing on the cake. When you say, no, 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 I can't be like Joshua, I will encourage you how to be like Joshua. First, you have this attitude. Look at this guy's attitude. He was not a part of the fleshly crowd. He also does not want to be a part of the nominal crowd. How do I know this? Exodus chapter 33 verse 7. Moses, Moses took his tent. Okay. What is it? <laughs> tent, okay. He Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp. Far from the camp. And called it the tabernacle of meeting or the tent of meeting. Now this this is ESV? KJV, okay, okay, fine. The tabernacle of meeting or the tent of meeting. You know, one some one church close to our place is called a tent of meeting. Tent of whose meeting? Who? God meeting you. That's what he's saying. Moses took a, this thing and he set it outside the camp so that you can set yourself separate, set apart from the, from all these people and go outside and it's called a tent of meeting. Who's meeting who? God is meeting Moses. And it says, look at this. Can we, and it came to pass that everyone, ah, the opportunity is just, just not for Moses. Moses just, Moses just took his, uh, his, uh, his, his uh, tent and put it outside. Everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting which was outside the camp. Okay. Which was outside the camp. Verse verse 8. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. Now what happens when whenever Moses, everybody can go. But when one for one person goes, something is happening. Look at the next verse. And it came to pass that when Moses entered the tabernacle, the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and Lord talked with Moses and everybody is watching. When one guy goes, the presence of the Lord comes. When one guy preaches, the anointing of God comes. When one guy goes and uh, and prays, something different. Like Jesus would... Go away, like Anthony sent a forward today in on, on, on WhatsApp. What did, what would Jesus do? He would go to a secluded place and he would cry to his father. But whenever he's crying out to the father, the glory of God would come. The glory of God would come. And disciples looked at him and said, we never saw this kind of prayer. Can you teach us to pray like this, please? But these guys, they also used to go to the tent of meeting, but from far. But then look, look at the next one. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle of the door. And the people rose and worshipped. Each man in his tent. Okay. That is what. They are all worshippers. Not that I am not saying they are not worshippers. But what are they? Nominal. How do I know? Look at the next guy. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But 
His servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. He would say, how did Moses worship that the tabernacle, the pillar, the presence of God would come? I also want this. I'm still not there. But I want this for myself. Okay. So, first thing, they loved God with all of their heart. Second, they followed him hard. When they, when, even when they did not see anything, they got from, that they, they, they would receive from God. Third, they were separated. They were just not separated from the fleshly, they were also separated from the nominal. A lot of believers are separated from the fleshly, but you are a part of the nominal. You are worse than the people who are separated from the fleshly. You either be there, or you be with the spirit, not in the middle. Then, he was under consistent mentorship. Is he called, he's called what of Moses? The servant of Moses or the assistant of Moses. You see, this is very important. I told you, no, I have only one story. I have a cow whose name is Mao. Cow eats grass. Mao eats grass. Mao gives milk and gives more grass. Everywhere I go, I'll tell the same story. One story. Come under consistent mentorship. Don't get frustrated with that. If I've said this for the 2500 time, I will tell it Till you get it. I am telling it because I don't see it. It's amazing, right? Paul tells the Galatians, and you don't have to turn there. Galatians chapter 4. My dear Galatians, we have become like you. Now you please become like me. What a challenge. Come under, comes under consistent mentorship. See, there are three kinds of separation. Or two kinds, two levels of separation. There's the holy, there's the common, and there's the unclean. Profane is common. Okay? There's a holy, there's a common, that's the unclean. First of all, you have to cleanse from the unclean. You will become clean, but you are still not holy. You are just common. And from the cleanse part, you become separated, then you become holy. I'll tell you what, what, I, what I mean by that. Ten lepers came. Out of which, who was a what is that? Samaritan was there, one of them. They said, Jesus have mercy. And Jesus said, okay, fine, go to the temple and show yourself to the priest and you will become clean. You are unclean now. Go and separate yourself. Go, go and show yourself to the priest and you will become clean. So they went to the priest and even as they were going on their way, they became clean. And nine people said, hallelujah. One fellow came back and then look, Jesus looked at him and he said, you know what? There were ten unclean, 
Nine have become clean and they have only now become common. They are just like any other people. You came back to me, now you are separated unto me. You have become holy. That is what we call as total, absolute surrender. That is the reason why mentor is important. I will only submit to God. How can you submit to God whom you cannot see? When you do not submit to a mentor whom you can see? First Samuel chapter 24 now. Again, once again, I'll tell you why, why I'm saying this. Verse 7 to 5. First Samuel chapter 24 verses 7 to 5. Oh, sorry, 5 to 7. Uh, five to seven. What am I saying? Seven to five to seven. <laughs> <Are> you... <laughs> Sammy got confused. Okay, okay. Seven to five. Five to seven. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. Look at his words, boss. Then he said to the men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing. Read that please for me. My master! Who's your master? The one who's trying to kill you. Yeah, the worst case scenario. Hardly we will find masters who want to kill us. I mean, maybe you will have in your organization you want you have a master who wants to see that you are out of the company. I don't know. I mean, if he wants you to be out of the company because you are a bad worker, then I can understand his problem. If you, if he wants to be, to be out of the company because you are a good worker and he's jealous of you, then I should, I don't have a problem. It's good. That is the reason why you should not be beaten for your faults. What profit it is? Servants be submissive to your masters, not only to the good and the just, but also to the unjust, for it is commendable before God if one submits to a man, and continues doing the right thing for the right thing. And if he suffers wrongdoing, it's commendable before God. For to this you were called. What? For Christ has also left for you an example. When he was threatened, he did not retaliate. But he continued entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. By whose stripes you are healed, Baba. We were all sheep going Away, we are going our own way. Now we have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. We need, that is what he's saying. The ultimate shepherd is there on top of you. In the middle, I might appoint some masters. So, or some lords, or some, uh, managers, masters, managers, yeah, senior managers, AVPs, VPs. I can appoint all these people. I have appointed them. Submit to them. You understand? Why? Because there are a lot of people who are just unclean. Lot of people are just common. But there are few people who come back and come under will be holy. Just as clean. So how many of us want to be holy? Is a question. For those people are, I mean, I have only few people here, no? Under Chetla hopefully. 
Okay, you see that. So let's go. So come, come under constant membership, mentorship. He was a guy who came under constant mentorship. Second Timothy chapter three verse ten. <coughs> Second Timothy chapter three verse ten. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering, my love, my perseverance. Seven things. And the next verse. My persecutions, my afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured and all of them, all the Lord delivered me. Verse 12, for all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer what? Persecution. Follow. Follow people who who are suffering persecution, literally. There may not be, there is no perfection, but there is definitely perfection, persecution. And they are being persecuted for righteousness sake, follow them. Alright, so, you have um, consistent, first first we have what? They loved him, they loved God wholeheartedly, okay? And then, they loved him and they followed him even if they didn't see anything. Third, what? They separated themselves from the crowd. What kind of a crowd? Both the fleshly and the nominal. And finally, fourth thing, they came under consistent, constant, godly mentorship. Fifth, they were men of war. What were they? Men of war. Warring against what? The first time you see Joshua in the Bible, you know where the word Joshua comes into the Bible? It's what we call as the law of first mention. We know this, no principle of first mention in the Bible. It teaches us a lesson. The first time Joshua enters into the holy writ is found in Exodus chapter 17. No wonder God chose this man. And verse 8 onwards. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Rephidim is a place of rest. Okay, whenever you're in a place of rest, God will allow the Amalek. Who is this Amalek Baba? It's a flesh. Amalek was the descendant of Esau, which denotes flesh. We will understand why it, is, why it denotes flesh now. Okay, in this in this particular passage. Exodus chapter 17, verse uh, 7, yeah, verse 8, verse 8 onwards, and verse 9. And Mo- Moses said to no, is he called the assistant of Joshua of Moses? Not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Okay, he's called assistant much later. Okay, and Moses said to Joshua, "Choose us some men and go out fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand." And then what happens? So Joshua did as. Moses said to them, this is what we call as a man of war. What is this guy? He obeys when it is absolutely difficult to obey. That is how we kill our flesh. See, it's easy to obey when it is, when you like to do what we want to do. If desiring God is so easy, why do people not desire God? 
if if desiring God is so easy, why does he say the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and desire for other things? Why does he say that? If desiring God is so easy, why does the songwriter say, prone to wander, Lord I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart and oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Why does the songwriter say that? If desiring God is so easy, why are we all not raptured by this time? <laughs> if desiring God is so easy, how come God had to test Enoch for 300 years before he took him? If desiring God is so easy, how come the ark was not built in one day? Anything of value and of God which has eternal purposes, faith should have what we said, strong convictions of the unseen. Noah did not see a flood, but he was warned of God that this world is going to be judged. And he prepared for himself an ark. And it took him a long time, 120 years, it is not easy. It's a long obedience in a what direction? In a single direction. If desiring God is so easy, how, how, how come we have to sit through 21 days? God says, 21 days I'm going to shut down because you have to desire me. It's not easy. Because so many other things were calling for your attention. Now sit at my feet. Don't be so easily distracted like Martha. You are doing a lot of ministry. For those people who are in the ministry and who do Martha ministry. This is the time God is asking you to be a Mary so that one day he can use you as a Martha. So that you can do the works of God. That you can work from rest. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? That Mary sits at Jesus' feet and she hears. And one day she breaks her alabaster flask of expensive ointment and she anoints what? Jesus' feet. And you know what Jesus says? She is doing it for my burial. You know, she heard that he has to anoint his body now. You know why? This is the time to do God's work. This is my work that I have to anoint his feet. Tomorrow what is going to happen? People will also go to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. He's already gone. It will be like that five foolish virgins. You understand? Five foolish virgins. They have no anointing. Okay, so it's not easy. It's not easy to sit under consistent amount of teaching every day. It's not easy. One day, two days is okay. Long days, long obedience in single direction, we have to struggle. Right? So, let's see. And so, so Joshua did as uh, Moses said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses and Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. Okay, sorry, excuse me. Thank you, Apu. Really appreciate that. Okay. So, Joshua did as Moses said to him, fought with Amalek, and Moses and Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. Isn't it interesting? You are asking me to go and fight you and sit happily and sit there. We have to do the hard work, you will go and do the prayer. Nonsense. You go and wait at tables. What will you do? We will go and pray. 
అంటిద్దు వాడు హలో 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 ఓ యూ వాంట్ బి యూ వాంట్ అస్ టు డూ ద మీనియల్ వర్క్ బస్ బాయ్స్ అండ్ యూ వాంట్ గో అండ్ ప్రే ఐస్ ఇట్ అమేజింగ్ స్టీఫన్ డెంట్ ఈవెన్ కంప్లైన్ what are you full of holy spirit and wisdom oh if you are full of holy spirit and wisdom what are what are you supposed to be calling to, to be called to the ministry behind the pulpit i should be the one who's who's going to be the next apostle whatever i don't know nothing of that sort please go and wait at tables so he goes and waits at tables and ultimately he preaches amazing you fight we'll pray does he obey of course that is we you know uh, he is a man of war a man who obeys no matter what the circumstances it's not easy to fight a malak you know why a malak i'll tell you why it is not easy to fight a malak don't to deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 17 onwards deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 17 onwards Okay, look at this. Are we there? Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were going out of Egypt. Then what happens? How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. Can you use the ESV? For this verse, 18, 25-18. It's very interesting. how he attacked you on the way when you are faint and weary and you cut off your tail those who were lagging behind you and he did not see that's what that's what amak amak is after what is he after when you are faint and weary when you are tired when you are discouraged when you are weak he wants to overpower you that is when the flesh is actually strong okay <laughs> ironically see many people when they're disobedient they, they think that they're strong people actually they're weak because they cannot obey see that faint and weary so what did joshua do nothing which causes me to stumble will be in my life nothing which co- causes me to compromise will be in my life everyone of us has weak areas right has god become strong in those areas like pastor said right not in believers not all parts of your heart is hard but there are parts of your heart which is hard that is where your flesh is strong you want your way you have not yielded that part <sighs> joshua said choose us some men and go out fight with amalek tomorrow i will stand on top of the top of the hill with the rod of god in my hand and then what does joshua joshua did as moses said him what does it say everybody joshua did as it is not as god has said joshua did as moses said you do as moses says one day you will do as god says you do as your husband says one day will god will speak to your husband 
That is the reason why after comparing with evil masters, First Peter chapter 2, First Peter chapter 3 will start with something very interesting. Turn to First Peter chapter 3. It is only in the Bible. Okay, so if you have some controversy with me, I am only reading scripture. Okay. Wives, likewise, like who? Like the who? Like the servants who submit to their evil masters. <laughs> like, <laughs> likewise, wives, submit to your, your husband is evil, Baba. Whether he might be very nice also. There could be parts of him which is very godly, but there could be parts of him which are very evil. Don't close your ears, okay? That is the reason why this is very interesting. Even if you close your ears, I will speak. <laughs> he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Likewise, be submissive to not your other husbands, to your own husbands. In other words, there is a particular kind of honor that is reserved for your own husband and you have to show that honor to him. As we are submissive to our own husband, who is our own husband? Christ. Your own husband. That even if some do not obey the word, okay? They don't obey the word. They, without a word, kya baat hai? Maybe one, by the conduct of their wives, kya baat hai? He said, don't take Bible study in your home. Just behave. Don't say, thus says the Lord. Just behave. Just pray. Be quiet. Next verse. When they observe your chaste and chaste conduct accompanied by fear, they will be one. And then, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Arranging of the hair, wearing gold or putting on the fine apparel, etc. etc. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. So when you are doing this, whom are you honoring? God. So when Joshua is obeying Moses, whom is he honoring? God. You see this? That's that's exactly the parallel which I am trying to reiterate over here. When you submit to your masters who are evil, whom are you honoring? God. Because it is commendable to God if you do that. For to this you are called. Honoring God. Go back to Exodus chapter 17. That is the reason why it's called. He's a man of war. What is he warring? He is warring against every vestige of flesh in his life by submitting to authority and obeying. Every vestige of flesh. So Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek and Moses and Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. Next verse. And so it was when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So there will be times in your life where the flesh will get the better out of you. Better of you. Did Joshua look at Moses? Moses, what are you doing? Did he say that? No, 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 no. He kept on. He kept on. You know, some people just give up. It is impossible for me to get overcome this this area in my life. My goodness. 
there were some areas, strong areas in my life. Boy, it was a struggle to overcome. But you know what? I kept at it even if some days Amalek got the better of me. Amalek got the better of me. I kept at it. You know, there was one, my mentor, he made a powerful statement, the last, last statement before I left, which even if you fall a million times, get up and fight the first million and first time. And when he laid down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So could be a, could be possible that once, sometimes you might just fail in the flesh because the flesh gets a better of you, but will you give up? No. Next verse. Look at this. But Moses' hand became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him. You know what this word stone for? Who's our stone? Ah, stone. We know that stone, right? That is again the son uh, Eben, if I'm right. And he, yeah, yeah, Eben, Eben. And he sat on it, and Aaron and her supported his hands on one side and on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people. How? With the edge of the sword. Kya baat How did he defeat it? With the edge of the sword. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 11 to 15, and 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 onwards. First, uh, 11 to 15. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Go on. Verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we are no longer debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And verse 4. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Can you just put 13 and 14 together? I want to explain this very clearly. We, yesterday we heard this. 8, 13 and 14 together. 8, 13 and 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, what is the sword of the Spirit? The Word of God. That's only one offensive weapon. Arm your mind with the same level, same kind of thinking. How do you think? Like the way Christ thinks. How did Christ think? The word of God. Okay, the only way to fight the flesh is to have a sharp, scriptural, sharp mind where the spirit can take that one word and cut off the enemy with the edge of the sword. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for, now, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, to put to death by the Spirit, the deeds of the God will, deeds of the flesh will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He is a true son, Joshua. Are we all Joshua? See, the only person in the Old Testament whose name we conveniently use for our children we never name our children Jesus. What does Jesus means? Joshua. Why are we convenient? Why are, why are we comfortable with Joshua? In fact, when I when uh, when I was uh, when just then I got married, I said we have two sons. One, one fellow is Joshua, the other is Caleb. 
that we decided to hesitate like mundane but of course we have abhi elder manual okay <laughs> so so great okay i shibus no shibus two sons one is joshua the other is caleb the elder one is caleb the second one is joshua why would why do we call him joshua why are we so conveniently placing him joshua because you were baptized in my name okay and in my name you will cast out demons if you eat anything nothing will harm you you i have give you given you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and nothing of the enemy will harm you in my name you can overcome the flesh in my name you can overcome the demonic realm that's exactly what joshua is doing here why by with the edge of this just like jesus by saying it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god because the world and the flesh and the devil are are made for each other in my name you shall cast out demons so by the spirit if you put to death the deeds what is the word the sword of the spirit the word of god you take it like he says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god okay it is written that he will give his cha- angels charge over you it is also written it is written that once saved always saved that nobody can pluck him out of his hand it is also written that if i don't continue in belief he will cut me off it is written that whoever comes to be in my in no wise i will cast you off it is also written that if i have been once enlightened if i have tasted the heavenly gift and if i have tasted the uh, uh, tasted the uh, the age to come if i follow away to renew be renew me back to repentance is impossible it is also written i just want don't want one part of the scripture because the devil can get two parts here and there so what do i do i need to have the exact word the anointed word to cut off the deeds of the flesh that is joshua got it for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god so he was cutting he was a man of war now let's let's go back to exodus chapter 17 now verse 14 17 and verse 14 then lord said to moses look at this this is fantastic write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of joshua that i will utterly blot out the remembrance of amalek from under heaven and moses built an altar and called its name the lord is my banner jehovah nissi and verse 16 and for this he said the lord has sworn the lord will have war with amalek from generation to generation why is he rehearsing this in the in the years of in years of joshua joshua one, one thing you need to understand first thing you might win the battle with the, with a flesh today but tomorrow it will come back again it it will happen over and over and over until you put the remembrance of amalek from the rest of in your life completely it will come come after you you have to do preemptive action against amalek you don't allow amalek to come so when did when did the amalekites come and attack david when the men were not there when the strength of the camp was gone that is when amalek came and attacked david's camp the flesh will always come when the spiritual strength has reduced so how do you recover what is what has come back you first hear from god and then what you do you pursue you overtake and you recover amalek you do preemptive action 
you go after her after Amalek. You don't wait for it to attack you now. See, that is what I said, no? What does Amalek do? It will attack you when you are in the weak positions. The, the spiritual strength is gone from the camp. What happened? Nicely, people came, attacked. The children, now that is what America, they think that they are very, very uh, powerful. No, 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 no. They are not, they're not powerful. They're, when the spiritual strength is gone, your flesh becomes strong when the spiritual influences over your life. The spirit of God's influence over your life is gone. So keep instead with the spirit. Turn to Galatians, please. Chapter 5. I'll tell you the words. Galatians chapter 5. I wrote it down. <clears throat> and verse um, 16 onwards, 16 to 17. I say to you, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh is contrary against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And they are contrary one to another. How long? As long as you are alive. From generation to generation. After your generation is also gone, next generation it will start again. Flesh will come. You understand? War. Declare war. Joshua was a man of war. He was just not a person who followed after God wholeheartedly. He was just not a person who was separated from the nominal and the fleshly. He was just not a person who came under mentorship. He was a man of war. Why? What are we supposed to become now? Men of war. You cannot compromise. That's exactly what happened to... Why do you think Saul was cut off? Ultimately, he was pampering his flesh. You see, sometimes you want to fight the good, bad things in your flesh. There are some good things also in your flesh. Religion is a good thing. God says, the good and the bad in the flesh, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That means even if you do the good things in the flesh, I cannot accept it. Because it is not by faith. You might do a lot of good in the flesh. But in the sight of God, not acceptable. That was in the flesh, God will say. That was not of me. That was not by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God and those who do not Act by faith cannot please God. Without faith it is impossible to please God. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So both, if you are in the flesh, you are not acting by faith. You are not walking by faith. You are not walking in the spirit. As a war. Which is going on. What should you do? Declare war. And how do we declare war? Fast. Tachyavnu. Flesh. You are going to be dead in my sight. I am going to beat you and pulverize you. To submission. Okay. He was a man of war. Finally. Now turn to, yeah, maybe one more, oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Verse one, one, one more thing. Let's turn to, uh, Numbers chapter 27, verse 15 onwards. I like, this is what I like about your show. We'll stop here. Everybody knows, no? He was the only person who got a good report and he said, uh, they are fodder to us, etc. He had eyes of faith also, okay? We'll not look at that maybe some other time. <clears throat> 27. I love this. This is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite. I'll just look at one word, okay? Uh, this is the NKJV? 
bro, this is the NKJV, okay, no problem. Uh, and if you have, bro, bro, you, you, you have your Bible, right? You have your KJV Bible, okay? I want you to pay attention to this because it, it will not appear on the screen. I want you to pay attention to one particular word, okay? Even as I read it. Numbers chapter 27, verse 15 onwards, okay? Let's read. Then Moses spoke to the Lord saying, who spoke to the Lord? Moses. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. Next verse. Who may, who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. This is the prayer of Moses. Who is God's answer? Look at the God. God's answer is not even Caleb. That's my point. Verse 18. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, with you, in whom is, wow, the Spirit. And lay your hand upon him. Next verse. I love, look at this. And the Lord said to Moses, uh, and, and next verse, yeah, verse, verse 21, uh, verse uh, 19. What? Set him before Elias the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him, it says, actually commission him. Okay, commission him in their sight. And you shall give, now you read that, Sami, for me. You, you shall give some of, oh, you are reading the italics. Okay, okay. Okay, uh, you shall give some of your authority, it says here, right? You know, if, what is some there written as? Some is in italics. You shall give your authority. Okay, so no problem. You shall give some of your authority to him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. This is the ultimate test before Joshua could lead. Okay. You are a, you, you are a, you are a man who is separated. You are a man who is following me wholeheartedly. You love me with all of your heart. You are a man who is separated from the, not only from the fleshly, but also from the nominal. Okay. You are a man who is consistent under authority. Okay. You are a man of war. But can I trust you with authority? How will you behave when I have given you authority? I'll take some of your authority and I will give it to him. Let me see if he truly has a shepherd's heart. What did, what did Moses ask for? Lord, Lord, please, 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 please. I want you to ha- you give us, give us a shepherd, shepherd, shepherd after your own heart who will go and fight, feed your children of Israel so that they may not be sheep without a shepherd. And there are so many people in this world, who will be sheep, who are sheep without shepherd? Will we be shepherds to them? Is a question. And shepherds are a abomination to this, to the Egyptians. To this world, we are an abomination. We are an abomination. But you know what God does? He says, I'm going to take some of your authority and I'm going to give it to you. Let me see. Okay. How you will use that authority? Turn to Luke's Gospel, please. Chapter, 
sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 20 first. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 20 onwards. What does it say? And the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said, grant that these two of my sons. Who are these sons, Baba? James and John. What did Jesus call them? Boen Urges. Sons of thunder. Fire on these fellows. Lord, the Samaritans have not respected you. Lord, can we get some fire from heaven, please, and consume this fellows? You know what Jesus says? What? You do not know what kind of a spirit you have. But I thank God for John, no? He changed a lot later on. But, but right now, let's see, we'll see his current condition. If God were to give him power and authority right now, what would he do? He would get the fire out of heaven and kill everybody in his congregation. <laughs> Finish, gone. They're all toast only. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so look at what it says. But Jesus answered it. You do not know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And to be baptized with the baptism that I'm to be baptized with? And they said, we are able. They don't even know what is coming. We are able. Yeah, And then, so he said to them, you will indeed drink of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am going to baptize with. But to sit at my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those to whom it has been prepared by my father. You see, it's very interesting, right? Moses asks for a shepherd and God gives them Joshua. What was Joshua's answer? Oh, sorry, God's answer? Joshua. Not anybody else. God knows. That is the reason why don't try to exalt yourself. Promotion does not come from the east or from the west. Promotion comes from there. That is one, That was my daily reading today, Psalm 75. That is the reason why humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in due time because Psalm 75 says he exalts some and he puts down some, submit to his authority. But in the meantime, I am going to check how you are going to, I am going to check how you handle authority. So he gives us families, fathers, how you handle authority. Mothers, how you handle authority. You think you don't have authority over your husband? Bah, you do. The cold treatment can be easily given. One face expression can change. And that fellow will say, what happened baby? You think children don't have power? You think congregation members have don't power? Everybody has it. How do you handle everybody has power? Some authority that God has given them. How are you going to handle it? See, that is the reason why I said Vruddhanari Pativrataha. If you don't have authority and you behave like this, 
what will happen to you if somewhere God has by mistake? I'm not of course God does not make mistakes. If he gives you some authority, what are you gonna do? That's a problem with Saul. After that, he moved into the flesh. God gave them a God God has given us him authority and he is using authority only to kill the most anointed man. It's remarkable. He should have facilitated throne transfer. Crown transfer. He couldn't. He didn't. See, there could be only one head in every home. If you have two heads, we have two multiple visions. That is the reason why it's called division. Division means two visions. There can be only one vision. Univision. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, 2 and 3. It says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, in if any affection and mercy, look at what he's there, the way he's pleading, fulfill my joy, how... By being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one man, let nothing be done with selfish ambition or conceit, but what? In lowliness of mind, esteeming others better than yourself. This is what we call, this is the attitude with which you should, which, which you, with which you should approach authority. Because authority is not given to destroy, but to protect. So the ultimate question with to Joshua is, how is he going to handle authority? So you know what he's going to do? I'm going to take some of your spirit so that the children of Israel can learn to be obedient. How did we learn obedience to from Christ? Because he beat us up? No. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. You know what, what he's saying? Ultimate challenge for you, Joshua, is this. Will the people start loving you? So that they will become obedient to you. Will you win them over with love? Let's go back to Luke, Matthew chapter 20 and verse, uh, uh, verse, yeah, verse 24 maybe. What it says. And when they heard it, uh, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. All the ten, when they heard it, okay. But Jesus called them and said to him, to himself, and he said, "Know that the rulers of the Gentiles, what do they do? Lord it over them. And those who exercise great, uh, those who are great, exercise authority of them. But then he says something very interesting. He says, "What? Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to be great among you must become like his their servant." First Peter chapter 5, verses 5 to 8. Likewise, you younger people, no sorry, sorry, 1 to, one to 4, 1 to 5 please. So First Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, not 5 to 8, 1 to 5. The elders who are among you, I exhort, 
as a fellow elder in the witness of the sufferings of Christ. And also a partaker of the glory. You see, how is he an elder? Because he was a witness of the sufferings. Lot of people born to become elders without taking part of sufferings. They want to become elders, positions. Otherwise, otherwise also, there are no elders in your church. But are you there to become partakers of the sufferings with which the church is going through? No, 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 no. We want to be from, from afar, but we want to be elders. Look at, I mean, why, why is this important? Go to Luke's gospel. Same, same context, verse uh, 24 onwards. 22, Luke's gospel, chapter 22, verse 24 onwards. And we will stop. Now there was a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and those who exercise authority over them are called what? Benefactors. I funded your ministry. What are you going to do to me? Danda. I will cut off my, cut off your uh, funding. If If you don't give me, if you don't put my name on that fan. I mean, I recently went to a church, I will forget, I don't want to mention its name. So many fans, all names. I'm wondering, what is this, Baba? All names on the church? Uh, if, if the pastor will not write their names, they will sit on the pastor's head. Have you observed it? Yeah, yeah. I was looking at all the fans, Hari Indra. Oh, names. Fans also have names. Karuna, Mercy, Mary. If Karuna's name is not written, she will not give Karuna anymore. She will give Karuna. <laughs> Means that she will become a virus in the church. That's what I mean. You see that? Benefactors! I will cut your funding. I got to. No, some, somebody was, no, I was listening to one, uh, one man of God. Uh, he was, he was, he was telling this person, you know, one, one brother from another church came to him and he said, I got to please pray for my church. I got to please pray. The pastor is doing this, pastor is doing that. And he said, if your church is so bad, why don't you leave and go to another church? How can I leave, I got to? I have given one lakh rupees for the door of the church. And the pastor looked at him and he said, are you going to die hanging by the door? It's amazing. Benefactors. That is how you exercise authority. That is the reason why in our church we say, please don't write your names. Whenever you give your offerings. Because we don't want benefactors. I'm sorry if it is hard. But it is a fact. It's written here. Dispute with Jesus. Benefactors, next verse. Verse 26 onwards. And look at what he says. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger and he who governs as he who serves. In other words, I'll tell you something. Lot of people who truly, truly give don't want their names to be written. They would have given the maximum, but they will shut their mouth most. There are some people who give this much. One, one fan, and they will want their names to be written on it. Benefactors. You don't give them some bhav, boy. 
You know what? You're using your authority and you're abusing your authority, my dear brothers and sisters. I need to finish last. Next verse. Look at what he says. For who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Answer. He says, the one who sits at the table. Yet, am I not among you as the one who serves? And look at this verse 28. I love this. But you are those who continued with me in my what? Trials. You see, that is what he's saying. The attitude of a servant is the one. The person to whom I can give and entrust authority. The person who has gone through trials and the sufferings in the church. God says, okay, you're ready now. With authority. I know Joshua. He suffered for other people. He went for war for other people. I could trust him to fight my battle. I could trust him. That is the reason why if if we come back to uh, and verse 29, maybe we can finish it. Is it there? Yeah, verse 29. But you are those who continued in my trials, with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed upon me so that you may eat and drink in my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. I can trust you with authority now. You know why? Because you continued in my trials. You know exactly how to use authority, not to abuse it. That is the reason why authority cannot be given to people who cannot come under authority. That is the reason why Joshua overcame, my dear brothers and sisters. Psalm 75, verses 1 to 8, and we will stop. We give thanks to you, God. We give thanks. For your wondrous works declare that your name is near. When I choose the, choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. Verse 3. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly, Selah. I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully. And I said to the wicked, do not lift up your horn or don't become proud. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck. Why? For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But from where? But the God is a judge. He puts down one, exalts another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup. And the wine is red. It is fully mixed. And he pours it out. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. All taking a deep breath, it's good. But God is looking for people who will be like Joshua. How did Joshua struggle? How did, how could God give him? You know, for 40 years, he identified himself with the people who failed him. Right? Why did Joshua and Caleb lose 40 years of their life? Because of the failures of other people. Did they complain? When God came and said, Moses, I'll wipe these people out and then I'm going to start from you, except for Caleb and Joshua, all the rest of these fellows, let us wipe out, wipe them out. You know what Moses said? Lord, 
what will people say about your name, etc., etc. And he, Joshua would have heard the paper prayer and he said, Master, why do we have to be faithful with these fellows? Never. He never said that. Never said that. Lost 40 years of his life. For a man, it was tough. Not easy to follow. And for a people, who were tough. Not, not easy to be a part with. Part of. And when he came through, God gave them, God gave Joshua a people who will support him in this. You know what they would say? Wherever you go, we will, where you, wherever you send us to go, we will go. Whatever you ask, we will do. Only be thou strong and very courageous. You'll be obedient to God. And God will give you a set of bunch of people who are obedient to you. Don't abuse authority. Submit to God's authority. That's the answer. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for this time. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, we will continue to sit at your feet and continuously learn. We thank you, we praise you. For in Jesus' name, Amen.